Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Thank you for tuning into the Sports Ethos Mets podcast once again. As always, your host Cody Mallory on Twitter at Real Cody Mallory. Once again, delighted to be joined by Anthony Dittmar on Twitter. That is at Anthony Dittmar underscore and Joe Farrow on Twitter. That is at Swamp Dragon Stan. How's it going, guys? It's good, bro. Um, could be a better week of Nets news. Uh, we'll get into that, but overall, I'm doing well personally. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I feel that. Yeah, we stink, but, you know, everything's well. <laughs> you know someone who doesn't stink? A little shout-out. We had Craig Randall the second on our pod last episode, and my man went out and dropped 34-7-5 and in 46 minutes today in a win. I was watching that game, had it on my phone while the Nets were playing. He's gliding. He's pulling up for threes, like five feet behind the three-point line, going by, splitting double teams, dunking on people. I this is the first time like I've watched a full Long Island game because I've seen clips or whatever, and he's he's good. So the fact that he was like an open tryout really blew my mind. Yeah, um, the way the Nets are dropping like flies, maybe he'll get a call up soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I was thinking too. I was like, I was like, uh, I told him that he sh- he has to go and repeat for G League Player of the Week, and <laughs> true. he started out pretty well trying to get that. Yeah, he got off to a good start. But uh, all right, let's dive into the Nets. They stink. But <laughs> I first, I want to talk about Kyrie Irving. Um, not so much Kyrie Irving's play, which we'll get into later in the episode, but his post game press conference today. Um, so, once again, per no surprise, he was asked about his vaccination status. Um, more like description on that was asked if Kevin Durant's injury will sway his decision in any way about being unvaccinated. Um, Kyrie went on to say, I'm not bringing science into the basketball world. He ended his answer, which was about over two minutes. So he gave a pretty long answer was I have made my decision already and I'm standing with it. He used words such as standing strong, rooted in my decision. And then I believe it was Nick Friedel of ESPN um, I don't know if I said that right, but he kind of pushed Kyrie after that and was like, you're like the most famous non-vaccinated player. Like there's millions of basketball fans who want to watch you. Um, and Kyrie got pretty upset at this point. He was still very professional in his answers. He was like, that's my point exactly. I'm not just a basketball player. And he was like, I don't even know what it means to be the most famous non-vaccinated player. He's like fame is something that's made up by the media and people like I'm a person like everyone else's and there's millions of us who feel the same way and then he went on to say he hopes things change 
Um, and he went on to say, not just for me, but for everyone else who has lost their job or gotten fired over vaccination status. So there's a lot to unpack there. Um, but yeah, Anthony, you can start. Give me your thoughts on that entire. It was, yeah, I don't even know what to say. So you there's can a lot of things you said to pull from this. I think one, I get I get why the question came up again because Kevin Durant obviously like we'll get no surprise. He's out four to six weeks of knee sprain. So obviously the Nets do play 11 of the next 15 on the road. So they will have at least the duo of Kyrie and Harden for the majority of them. But for home games, they'd be with only James Harden. And it's like you go from three stars to one. It's like, okay, it's Kyrie and he at the stat the shots. So that's why the question came up, obviously. Like it wasn't gonna be like built, built in the bush. So that's the reason. But on top of that, I guess a lot of hope was that as the season went on, like once he got him back for the road games, you'd think like the camaraderie, of the team would be like, Oh, he gets a shot. And now he might want to play home games. Like that's, that was the thought process. Obviously he kind of threw that, like that Avenue out. So it kind of only leaves the Avenue of the rule change in New York city with the new mayor, Eric Adams taken into office a few weeks ago. We'll see if that can come in, but this obviously is a blow to the nets, not just because he's dismissing the fact that there's any chance that happens. Now it's only one way we can see him play in home games the rest of the season. And with Kevin Durant's injury status now in limbo, um, it definitely is a, somewhat a concern for the Nets because I think a lot of people assumed you just get it as time went on. So, like, not to beat a ho- like a dead horse, but, like, it's going to be other uh, rule change or he's not playing. You're going to have to play a playoff stretch with just the two, if not one, if people get injured. So it's a, it's a lot. I think now the answer is kind of certain he's not going to get it. Nothing's going to swim either way. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Curry was a, a tad angry today. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, between between him getting asked that question over and over again, and he keeps saying the same answer and trying to be as respectful as possible about it, and then like just the way the game ended today was kind of rough. And I guess like I don't know. At the same time, it was just like with those things back to back, it's like I could see why he got frustrated, but probably the question itself is more frustrating than anything because people like won't let go of it. And I mean, as fans that he had a point, he's like, as fans, we want to know, but at the end of the day, it's his business, it's his choice. So it, it hurts. I mean, we've got to just hope that something changes. And obviously that won't be on Kyrie Irving's side now. That's, that's at least what it seems like. So uh, he was kind of giving a big old F you to Eric Adams, telling him step it up and <laughs> fix the shit ASAP. Yeah, I mean, Kyrie even said, why you keep asking me that when they, I yeah. think it was Nick Frito. It was either him or Brian Lewis in the post. I'm not sure which one it was. Brian Lewis asked um, him. I love her fact. Uh, yeah, but one of them followed up after Kyrie gave the answer. I'm not sure which one of them oh, followed yeah. up. They were, both, they were both asking him. So I'm not sure specifically. But he kept saying, like, why you keep asking me that? It was like, I don't get in other people's business. I'm for everyone doing whatever they want with their own body, etc. So... Yeah, they Definitely were tag, they were tag teaming on Kyrie a little bit. They yeah, went full, it was full on him. They went full on Hardy Boys on him. I feel like every like week there's a rumor, or we had that Bondi story about how the Nets could just let him play and pay a very small fine, and then they got ruled like, oh, the NBA said you can't do that. Um, so pretty much Kyrie Irving laid any doubt or kind of gray area made it very clear that he has zero intentions on getting the vaccine. So the ball is really not in Kyrie Irving's court because he's not doing it. <laughs> I mean, it still is in his court because he, I mean, like, I mean, it's his still, 
but like, it, yeah, I, I get what Cody's saying. He's just—it's basically like it's up to New York to change the rules because Kyrie's not coming off. Right, doing right. It feels like Kyrie Irving getting the vaccine anytime in the near future is simply not an option. Yeah, I'm not. Gonna... That's what I, that's what Shams was saying on um. He was on the Pat McAfee show actually, and he was explaining it. He was like, basically, the NBA is allowing just all teams to operate under local ordinances. So, like, the NBA can't change anything about this. So, like, unless something changes with New York or the NBA changes its rules to now, like, all teams follow a direct order, then yeah. that's like, then nothing's going to change. Can I open up another point about this? Um, I don't know if you got, I don't know if we talked about it when we were prepping for this, but this is definitely like, I'd say it's related. Um, <laughs> so the Kyrie, the Kyrie vaccination status and the Kevin Durant injury. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the Mark Stein thing that came out about James Harden testing for agency this off season. He'd be like, okay with potentially moving to another like team. I don't know how much you want to believe it. Usually I don't believe guys. It's not Shams or Woj, but like Mark Stein's kind of like a legit guy. I don't know if it's like a Maury leak. I know they've been trying to link Daryl Maury and James Harden since Houston, like even last year. But I don't know. Like, do you think the Kyrie on vaccination status, if like this rules even change next year? Like, I know it's tough to leave Kevin Durant, but at the same time, it's like, do you think there's any chance James Harden would consider leaving? Nope. Yeah. So, uh, the exact quote from Mark Stein that I saw on Twitter that he must have said on a podcast or something was it must be noted that there is enough noise circulating league-wide about Harden's reported openness to relocation this summer. That was the exact quote. So um, I would be surprised if he left, obviously. But, I mean, these superstars are kind of crazy. And it's like if something – if one little thing doesn't go right, then they're out. Like no one would have thought Kevin Durant was going to leave Golden State. I'm just so happy Kevin Durant signed that extension, but hypothetically, <laughs> in a world where like James Harden leaves and then Kyrie Irving doesn't get vaccinated, do, and do the Nets sign Kyrie Irving to max contract if like he can't even play games? <sighs> I'm just saying that's like the worst possible scenario. Yeah. Like put that in people's heads. They have no choice because most of the guys, like I think we discussed this in an earlier episode, like the guys that are coming up for free agency this summer, it's like before this season, it looked like they were going to leave, but now their teams are improving as star players like they're getting more better supporting cast around them obviously Zach Levine is up at the end of this season Bradley Beal is up at the end of this season I believe or he has an option but like now like the Wizards have improved their depth and so have the Bulls the Bulls are great obviously but I think there's still a chance Beal leaves but Levine I think is 100% staying yeah Beal there's a chance but like at the end of the day it's like can't bank on one guy deciding to leave rather than Uh, yeah my point being is like this went from like hundred percent certain, like all these guys are signing extensions, like in September to like, there's definitely some like questions like, it may not be a big one, but it's definitely there. Like, I'm not trying to scare people. I'm just saying prepare. That'd be a really bad scenario though. So let's like not manifest it at all. <laughs> yeah. Let's not worry about that. But like, I don't think there's, uh, there's zero chance Harden leaves. That's, that's all I think. I don't think he's going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm still, yeah. So, December of 2020, before James Harden was traded, um, the, the Stein line, which is obviously Mark Stein, uh, reported that the Sixers are currently the favorite to land James Harden. Obviously, we know that did not happen. <laughs> so that's why I think it was I think it was Anthony who said the Daryl Morey's like leaks trying to pair him with him. So it kind of happened in 2020. So 
I don't know. I don't, I don't think the Nets would ever trade Harden if they were afraid that he was going to leave just because they don't think they'll actually lose him. Yeah, I don't – there's – I, I, I think the, it's more likely that that he signs an extension and there's a chance that the Nets refrain on Kyrie. I think that's what's more likely. I, I, I don't see Harden leaving. Both scenarios are scary. I'd rather not lose any of them. <laughs> yeah, no, both of them are scary. Very scary, but – yeah, we'll just say one. We we got to be one demon at a time. Right now, we got to get through the Kevin Durant injury and get through this next month. <laughs> it never ends. It never fucking ends. I know that's why I'm just, like, so annoyed. It's just like every time it seems like things are getting better, it's just something bad else happens. Something else bad happens. Yeah, it really, it really shouldn't be this stressful to be a Nets fan when I think Joe is about to say you have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. James Harden, three absolute superstars, a bunch of good role players, and yet it's still like, oh man, is this no, team gonna like, win? Like, yeah, but like what I was gonna say is like we have Kevin Durant and James Harden. James Harden's finally starting to pick it up. We have Kyrie playing road games. Woj reports last week. There's optimism that Kyrie will be able to play home games sooner rather than later. And then now KD is out for probably like four to six weeks, or we don't even know how long because the Nets are always very vague. And don't tell us anything when it comes to injuries. It's out two weeks, and then it's been two months now. (laughs) Yeah, he's going to be out two weeks, and all of a sudden we get an alert that he gets surgery. We didn't even know that he's planning to get surgery. And then now he's out for two and a half months or probably more. It's it's a – this – being a Nets fan is just like a clusterfuck. It really is. Yeah. It's it's definitely bad luck, man. Like things are finally looking like they're gonna turn in our favor last year, and then obviously we all know how the playoffs went. We don't have to revisit that. I'd like to sleep tonight. So, <laughs> and then this year with Kyrie and then Harden didn't look like himself, and now Hart, like you guys said, Harden's finally looking like himself to a certain extent. And then Kyrie's back. We're about to get all these road games, big three, finally gonna play a bunch, and then in a blowout game. I mean, it was still early, so obviously you're not gonna bench him, but. A fluke accident and down goes Kevin Durant. So with that, let's jump into the injury report. It's growing, which is never <laughs> ideal. We'll get into Kevin Durant less, well, last because I feel like we'll have the most to say about that situation. So we still have Claxton, who is now ruled day to day with hamstring tightness. Obviously, he didn't play tonight. Steve Nash said he was is optimistic that he can play sometime during this trip. So hopefully. Clax will be back soon. Lamarcus Aldridge obviously played tonight. Um, I thought he looked pretty good besides missing those two layups in clutch time, but <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> um, he said his foot didn't feel fully normal, but he's hoping by playing more, it will. And then obviously, Bembry did not play. Um, he's day to day. He should be back. James Johnson, same thing. Paul Millsap, same thing. And then Joe Harris. Uh, Steve Nash said he has been been cleared to do shite uh shit shoot light shooting activities. There we go. That's got me all over the place. Um, so hopefully we'll see Joe Harris soon. He's definitely gonna be a big piece of the Mets, and of course Kevin Durant, which the Nets are never clear on a timeline. I don't believe they are the ones that said the four to six weeks I came from Woj. We don't know if the Nets leaked that to him or if that's just a typical return with Kevin Durant's injury. They also didn't give what grade the strain is. Um, they said he's going to be reevaluated in a couple of weeks, so we'll probably find out more then. 
But anything you guys want to say on this long, disastrous injury report for the Nets? Um, I guess all in all, it's like you just got to take each one like one game at a time. It's like worrying about them all at once is just too much. Like I'm with Joe <laughs> Harris, I'm hoping to get him before the All Star game. KD, I'm probably looking at like like early March if I had to guess. I would at least like to get a month. It becomes a wait till we're healthy type again thing, which kind of sucks because last year was the whole year is wait till we're healthy. And it's kind of like almost more of the same this year. Like it just it's a really shitty situation. It's got to weather the storm. Hopefully we get into the playoffs. Hopefully we like obviously we're getting the playoffs. Hopefully we get into the playoffs healthy and just like a lot of stuff needs to go our way here on out. Like need Joe back, need KD back. Hopefully you get a rule change for Kyrie. Hopefully everyone else stays healthy because you know like, oh, it's a lot of what ifs. It's not a fun. It's not a fun game. But the Nets just got to weather the storm. They got a tough stretch. I know a lot of them are on the road, like so it helps so Kyrie can play. But against some really good teams, we have Golden State, Phoenix, Utah. I know that's like a four game stretch where we play those three teams. It's like not fun. So it's got to. Yeah, that's that's a whole lot of hoping. Whole lot of hoping for me. That's not a good sign. <laughs> I know. I, I'm thinking like now it's like the top six in the East is really close. Maybe you just try to go to five or six. You play more road games at this point. Like it might just have to go that way. Like it's looking like that's that might be the case. Yeah, and I mean, regardless, even with uh, well, with our team healthy outside of Joe and uh, Kyrie this year. I mean, like Kyrie's been healthy, but not, but not like playing home games. But long, like we haven't had Joe and Kyrie at home. Regardless, even if we add Joe, we're a lot worse at home than we are on the road. So. And then you add Kyrie on the road. That was even before we added Kyrie on the road. So we get Kyrie on the road now. You drop to five. You drop to six or whatever. And we cruise to a championship, hopefully. The home, the home <laughs> and road split is, is deceiving, though. The the home and road split is like all the bad teams we played are on the road. <laughs> right. The home teams will all get home games. That's that's why I'm like a little – like I'm not on the whole board or been on the road thing just because like we didn't play any of the good teams on the road for the most part. Yeah, and Anthony, you were saying about the East. There are five teams in the East that have 27 wins. The Sixers are the sixth seed with 25. Then you got the Hornets at seven seed with 24. So technically, the Nets are only three and a half games out of the play-in tournament. I should say ahead of the play-in tournament. And in tight. so, like, anything could happen. Like, any of these top six, maybe not the Cavs, but as we saw today, the Cavs are a damn good team. I can see any of those six winning the East this year, like realistically, top six. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see the same. I don't really see the Sixers winning it unless they get like Dame, but. Yeah. You guys want to make a guess on what seed the Nets finish? <laughs> <sighs> Way early guess, just throw it out of left field. None of us prepared for it. No clue. Three. Three? All right, Angie, just throw out a number. I was feeling three, too, honestly. I'm over three. Three. I'm going to stay two. I'm going to be honest. I think they're going to fight for that two seed. I think Bulls and Bucks beat us out. Yeah, I thought Bulls I was saying Bucks. Interesting. I'm not going to say what team I think. I think the Bucks are going to beat us out, and that's going to be it. I mean, the Bulls <laughs> have some issues, but we'll see. The Bulls have lost four in a row, so we'll see. We'll see. We're um, in all right. <laughs> yeah, true. Well, no, we beat the Pelicans, but... <laughs> Same boat, different poop deck. <laughs> All right, speaking of the Pelicans, let's dive into that game. Um, my biggest takeaway was the Nets win big, but lose even bigger. 
by losing Kevin Durant. The Pelicans mm-hmm. stink. Um, James Harden looked oh. good. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, Kessler Edwards, my guy. He was plus 16 for 16 points, six rebounds. So, obviously, my man, Kess is looking good. Um, Patty Mills shot a little better, hit a couple threes. Um, I don't really – I mean, the Nets look good. It was a big blowout. game wasn't really close for a more majority of it. But like I said, they lose Kevin Durant, and that's my biggest takeaway from the game is you hate to see Kevin Durant not be able to play. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, all the young guys look pretty good. Um, just losing KD sucks. That's all you could really think about during that game. Uh, all the positives are pretty much not taken away, but diminished by – knowing that you lost KD for an extended amount of time because of what should have been an offensive foul, but we won't get into Bro, that. Bro, like, I'm not the only one that was thinking that, right? That man, like, shoulder-checked Bruce Brown, who fell backwards into Durant. Like, maybe Bruce sold it a little bit, but that definitely looked like an offensive foul to me. He sold it? That's an expensive fucking sell. I'll tell you that right now. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, um... Cam looks good. Kessel Edwards looked good. They both dropped like 20 and 16. Like Mills had 20. Harden 27. It was like a lot of even scoring. It's like overall, though, like you said, losing Durant just makes the whole game feel meaningless, even though you won the game, thank God, because they could use some wins lately because like they've been playing pretty bad. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. I won, but at what cost? It's a I won, but at what cost type of scenario? Yeah, True. exactly. Um, Blake Griffin, I don't know if you guys noticed, but Blake Griffin has looked pretty good these last couple games, doing a little bit of everything. Obviously taking some charges, scoring a couple points here and there, getting some rebounds, some assists. Quietly against the Pelicans, he had six points, six assists, and five rebounds. My man was halfway to a triple-double in 20 minutes. Yeah, prime Blake Griffin finished it off that triple-double in another five, though. <laughs> 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 another yeah, five right. Blake is putting up all those stats but it's like uh, yeah Blake looks pretty good we already have retired the Kwame nickname but 100% gone yeah that's that's been gone for a while now but then even after we retired it he was slumping a little bit and then now he's on his way back up he's 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 just a guy who spark plug you know like he just comes in and he does all the dirty work and stuffs and stuffs the stat sheet all around, really. And what was he? He was like a yeah, his plus minus was insane, right? Wasn't he like a plus thirty or something like that? Uh, he was a plus thirteen against the Pelicans, which is still oh. in twenty minutes is pretty damn good. Yeah. yeah. No, he looked he looked he looked really good. It was just like I couldn't even focus on the rest of that game to really acknowledge it. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I was watching football before this game in my basement, and I, like, kind of drifted off a little bit, fell asleep, woke up, put the Nets game on, and I kid you not, 45 seconds after I put the game on, Bruce Brown was falling to Kevin Durant's leg, and I was like, God damn it, I shouldn't have woken up. Yeah, as soon as as soon as soon KD went down, I turned it off, and I put the football game on. I wasn't, I wasn't watching it for a sec. I watched, I watched, like, the play-by-play after. Yeah. <laughs> I, the first. I was like, too and I came back and I was like, Oh, we're winning by a lot. Let's go. And then I go on Twitter just to catch up with everything. So I was driving. And I was like, Jesus Christ. I didn't know what happened. <laughs> I was like, I think you- I woke up and it was 52 to 27, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they're and, they and kept- I was like, Wow, everything's finally going well for the Nets. And then 45 seconds later, I was like, God damn it, how fast it can turn and go bad. 
Yeah. I can't believe um, they didn't call an on that. I'm still like mind boggled by that. He got like Bruce flew like seven feet. Like I'm like, what the hell is even? But whatever. Yeah. Well, um, all right. Let's leave that game behind us. Kind of forget about what happened. Let's dive into the Cavaliers game today, which the Nets ultimately lost. But it was a very fun game to watch. Entertaining game. Obviously, you don't want to lose, but. The Cavs are a good team. They're young. They're athletic. They have basketball players. Obviously, Jarrett Allen, Darius Garland. Uh, Larry Markinen's good. Uh, Evan Mobley really didn't do too much. Kessler Edwards kind of shut him down. The real rookie of the year. The Kess Express, some might call him. But I think the rotation at the end of the game is what I want to focus on. When First, let me ask you guys. There's a lot of hate for Steve Nash on taking Kyrie Irving out in the fourth quarter. What are your thoughts on it? Uh, you want fresh legs for down the stretch. I mean, it's like Kyrie was a little hot, and what they take him out with like eight minutes left and give him like a two-minute break or yeah, something it was like roughly a two-minute break in the fourth. Yeah, and he came back and he was still he was still playing well. I mean, that's what that's why a lot of coaches usually sit their stars at the beginning of the fourth and then put them back in with like probably around eight minutes to go, let them play the final eight. But it didn't didn't strike me the wrong way, but I agree. I believe the Nets were, the Nets were up four when they took Kyrie out. I believe when Kyrie came back into the game, it was tied. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it, it didn't really rub me terribly. But because that's like a lot of coaches would do the same thing in that situation. Just keep Harden on the floor, get Kyrie a little bit of rest and then get him ready to go for the final push. But it just came down to the end, an unfortunate turnover after we were three. But, you know, should should have called that out. I also didn't like how he had Blake and I want to say it was Bruce Brown in there with about five minutes left before he got Kessler Edwards and Patty Mills back into the game. That was one thing I didn't like about the rotation. I also think he should have called a timeout the second he saw that James Harden was trapped. But to be fair, James Harden is a veteran. He also could have called the timeout. Um, the Nets were like nine of 10 in the final, whatever, seven, six minutes of that fourth quarter before Kyrie Irving made that layup to make it a three point game again. They had chances. They had good looks. Kessler Edwards missed a wide-open corner three. Obviously, Aldridge missed the two bunnies right at the hoop. Kyrie Irving came off a screen out of the timeout and missed a wide-open three at the top of the key. So they executed. They got good looks. The shots just simply didn't fall, and they lost the game. But in my opinion, it's definitely nothing to panic over. I mean, yeah, it just, like, stinks. That we, like, we in the era of finishing games like this, and now it's, like, every time it gets into close games, I'm assuming we're, like, not going to close it out. It's just, like, kind of – it's tough. We're not hitting timely shots right now. We're not getting stops when we need them. It's nothing you can really do when you're down this many guys. You just kind of like weather the storm, like I said. But today we got ice cold in those last five minutes. And it was just that turnover was so tough because it was just like it's not even like a double. It was like somewhat of a double team, but like he easily could have got that pass off. But obviously it was a tough scenario. You wish you called the timeout. But in hindsight, it's tough. You don't want to ruin like the execution of the play. But it's just one of those games. You got to forget about it. It's like. Right now, you just got to hope the Nets get through games and just finish some of these out. Yeah, the uh, the Nets are going to need someone to step up in Kevin Durant's absence in clutch times. 
Obviously, I believe when he the last game, he was second in the league in clutch point scoring, which is like the last five minutes of the game within five points. Um, so it would have been nice to be able to throw the ball to Kevin Durant on the block and let him just square up and shoot over anyone and be cash. But you don't have that luxury for probably the next month and a half to two months. So they got to figure something out to close games out. Yeah, I think it's going to be a combination of some guys. I think like you know, Aldridge here and there, Patty Mills, even the rookies like Cam and Kess in particular, I trust, especially Cam making his own shot. And I like Kessler from three. He's been really solid from three-point lands. And obviously, he's a great defender and whatnot. But it's it'd be interesting. The Nets are going to have a lot of need guys stepping up. And a lot of these role players this year have not in certain spots. So it's going to be a crucial stretch for the Nets. The good part is at least there's the all-star break to break up some right. of the time that's like, going to be missed so hopefully that like doesn't kill him as much because i think it's like second or third week of february yeah uh, somewhere around there it's like usually like week after the trade deadline right and trade deadlines february 10th so it's like the 17th i think it's the 17th to the 24th i think there's no games yeah yeah it makes sense yeah, and i just want to really quickly talk about dayron sharp who has been tremendous for the nets I think he's still a little bit raw in a project, but the talent is definitely there. Um, I say a project because we kind of saw the rookie mistakes in this game, and I believe that's why Nash didn't trust him at the end of the game. He came back in, I want to say there was about six minutes left roughly, and he got called for his second offensive three seconds, which you don't really see too many offensive three seconds. You see more defensive three seconds. So that's really just a rookie mistake. And I think those are the kind of the reasons why Nash was trying to see what else he had besides the rookies, because you definitely don't want something like that happening in the playoffs. Yeah, like he's, he's a great player. Like he's a great rebounder. He's really good at finishing. Honestly, like overall as a big in terms of like rebounding plus scoring down low, he might be our best one, like in terms of overall yeah. skill. Just the boneheaded plays, like the fouls. He has a the tendency fouling, to foul yeah. a lot. And then that, yeah. It's a lot. But he definitely has a ton of potential. And we used to think center was always like the weakest spot for the Nets. I mean, with Aldridge, Claxton, and now Dayron, you pretty much have every kind of center you want. I mean, Dayron's kind of the bigger, typical bang down low, rebound, block some shots. You got Claxton who can switch on anything and dunk on people. And you got Aldridge who can knock down jump shots, kind of run that pick-and-pop offense. So the Nets can really throw different kind of sequences and schemes at teams based on weaknesses of their opponent or strengths of what they feel like is working well during the game. Yeah, 100%. You can mix and match against personnel. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, though, with, like – because Kessler has really made a play to, like, solidify himself as a rotational piece – and he's on a two-way. So we're going to have to convert we might we may have to convert him to a full-time deal before the playoffs, which means somebody's getting cut if they want to make that decision. So it's going to be interesting. We'll have to see what happens. Maybe they're able to uh if they do like a two for one kind of trade around the deadline, right? They could, uh, they could clear up a roster spot and convert Kess to a full-time deal. But that that's the only scenario I can really see. If not, somebody has to get cut. <laughs> Javon Carter, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. I I just want to throw one more point out before we go into our predictions for Wednesday and Friday. I really think Kessler Edwards 
is a perfect fit alongside the big three. Obviously, you want shooting along them, like a spot-up shooter, which Cass has shown he is more than capable of doing. But even compared to Joe Harris, he's just a bigger body that can rebound. He can, for the most part, guard the opponent's best player on defense and not put that strain on Kevin Durant, even though the Nets switch everything. So the matchups get kind of screwy. But that's something we'll talk about next episode is our thoughts on the defensive scheme. But I don't know. I'm not saying that he should start over Joe Harris, but I feel like he's definitely, like you guys said, he needs to be converted to a full-time player and be there for the playoffs for the Nets. Absolutely. And not the Long Island Nets. I'm talking the Brooklyn Nets. Just want to clarify on that. (laughs) But, (laughs) all right. So we all three of us picked a win against the Pelicans, which obviously we won. And then all three of us picked a win against the Cavs, which obviously we lost. So the standings, we all picked up a game. Remain Anthony, I think we said you have 10 wins, and me and Joe have nine each. Mm -hmm. Which which means, Anthony, you're picking first. Uh, We got the Wizards on Wednesday, and we got the Spurs on Friday, both on the road. I'm going to go... I'm going to go lost win. Mm, my God. I hate you. <laughs> I can't gain on you. My God. I'm doing the same thing. That's exactly what I was going to do. I was you know honest, what, I was for, for the possibility of me gaining a game, I'm taking a win. I'm taking two wins. Um, yeah, I'm gonna, I was thinking lost win. I don't think – we didn't talk about this, but I think there's a chance that James Harden doesn't play Wednesday just off of caution. I mean, it was just a knee to the quad, but Steve Nash said we'll see how he feels in the morning. But regardless, I'm going to go win-win just because I want to catch Anthony and be tied, the three of us, going into Sunday's game. So I'm agree with Joe on this one. If we tie, you're picking first next. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I make the rules here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. If they lose Wednesday, I'm going to be two games ahead then. You guys played a little risk. Yeah, uh, I'm willing the risk. I've been down two before. I'll make it. <laughs> I don't think I don't think Kyrie Irving is going to lose two games in a row, personally. But we'll see, Anthony. We'll see. Don't get too he's excited going, over there. He's going for sixty after the whole vaccine fiasco today. True, my man Anthony's rooting for his boy Spencer Dinwiddie to get his revenge against Brooklyn on Wednesday. <laughs> I mean, I'm the big Spencer Dinwiddie guy. Um, this is a perfect time to end. So once again, I don't have to get into my take on Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, <laughs> once again, this is the Sports Ethos Nets podcast with Cody, Anthony, and Joe. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Tweet at us, comment, like, subscribe. We love interacting, answering questions. It's more enjoyable than us three just rambling for 35 to 40 minutes. As always, let's go Nets. And hopefully we can hang on to a top three seed in the absence of Kevin Durant. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.